This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, March 2nd, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy ready to make some rash decisions based on highlights from one BYU football spring practice, Jerem Jordan. All right, let's watch some highlights uh, shot by Brandon Despain, the homie. Okay, so it looks like Baylor Romney to Gunnar Romney for a oh. touchdown. They're celebrating, and uh, there's no defense. So this should be pretty easy. Okay, touchdown, high-pointed. Very nice. Okay. okay. The Romney connection is clearly yep. going to be a yep. huge part of the BYU offense based okay. on this highlight. Very quick throw. It's not that high of a throw, though. It seemed pretty Notice okay. that Gunner caught that very cleanly. We'll see if he catches it cleanly from the other He'll quarterbacks. probably have 1,000 yards. Yeah, he, like, drops every ball from Jared. <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh, I think Baylor should be the starter. Okay, next highlight. Okay. Let's make some rash assumptions about this okay. one. This is Jacob Conover. Woo! Okay, and that is Talmadge Gunther. Okay, we're going to throw some music in here to make it a little more intense. The scout team quarterback okay, that, is ready to ball, Jerem. That corner, he just got burned. Um, is that the game plan to get burned? It throws a little behind him. Uh, Conover, I, I like his ball. Pretty ball. He's going with the, the Kurt Warner, like, left glove thing. Okay, the freshman. Jacob yeah. Conover will clearly make at least six starts based on this one. Play. Oh, my gosh. He's got, he's got the towel out the back, which is kind of fun. I like that. A little old school. Okay. All right. Third and final one here. These are all from yesterday. Okay. Here's Jaron Hall. Okay. Oh, this is, this is from uh, sideline to sideline all the way to Talmadge Gunther again. Talmadge Gunther will average one this, touchdown catch per game. Is this the Talmadge Gunther highlight? Yeah. Okay. Nice throw. Left hash over the far right sideline. This, nice, this is a nice throw. Jaron barely has to move here. Knows where he's going pre-snap. I like that. Okay. Talmadge is going to catch one touchdown per game. Ask Ask Jay Drew what he thinks about Talmadge Gunther. <laughs> Do you remember that a few years ago? Yes. These are our rash <laughs> assumptions based on three okay, distinct go. highlights from day one of BYU Listen, football spring practice. No one else is going to bring you that kind of coverage, spring ball. I promise you. No one. Not in that capacity. Nope, not I like that, dude. <laughs> Here's your Tuesday show lineup featuring more from day one of BYU football spring practice. What more could we give you? Should the Cougar coaching staff name a starting quarterback by the end of spring? My one-on-one with quarterback Baylor Romney, where he feels he has an advantage against the other starting QB hopefuls. Plus, ESPN's Roxy Bernstein on where BYU basketball fits into the NCAA tournament seating. And Jerem spins the wheel of consequence once again. Here are today's BYU Sports Station headlines. Spring ball has begun for BYU football. Quarterback Jaron Hall says he plans on competing and letting the coaches figure out the situation. I mean, no expectations. Just to, you know, go out and control what I can because at the end of the day, it's not something I, I decide. That's for the coaches to do, rightfully so. And so we just go out and compete and do our best. And when that time comes for them to make that decision, they will. Fun fact, uh, the coaches have asked us to make the decision, so we will do that now. Uh, The Cougars can practice up to 15 times in spring. They will practice again today. No media availability. I have new men's and women's volleyball rankings to present for all. The ABCA coaches poll listing the BYU ladies at number 15 in their latest top 25. The Cougars currently 8-1 with their lone loss at Pepperdine. 
and their next match against San Francisco on Friday, March 5th. The BYU men's volleyball team drops one spot to number two in the latest ABCA coaches poll. Behind number one Hawaii, the Cougars 6-2 face Concordia Irvine on Thursday at 10 Eastern. Media poll comes out today. I voted BYU 2 in the media. I think uh, Hawaii deserves to be one now. More rankings, indoor track and field. The men are ranked four, the women seven. How about that? Pretty awesome. The NCAA championships coming up next week, March 11th through the 13th in Arkansas. More top ten teams. Three BYU gymnasts earned Specialist of the Week honors. Anissa Alvarado with her first 9-9 on the uneven bars. Gets some credit there. Abby Bowden-Staten wins her third consecutive Specialist of the Week honor on the beam with another 9-9. And Abby Minor-Alder received a 10 from one judge. A 9-5 from the other, so she scored a 9-9-7-5 on the floor. That's the highest of the season in the MRGC and her fifth time earning a 9-9-7-5. These scores help the number 11 Cougars to a big home win against Utah State. And women's soccer stays number 21, the top drawer soccer poll. Fellow WCC member Santa Clara is number 22. Cougars play at Missouri tomorrow. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The BYU football spring quarterback conundrum. Jerem, we've seen highlights from all three of the front runners. We didn't see anything from Soljay Mayava. Mm. And maybe if a highlight was thrown in Mayava there, we could make some rash assumptions about him. Okay, that's right. Soljay Mayava Peters. We saw the three quarterbacks make throws. The question is, are we going to know who the starter is by the end of spring football? Probably not. But should BYU head that direction a la Max Hall in 2007? Yeah, if you have the winningest quarterback in BYU history standing there, yes, you should name him the starter after spring. We didn't know that at the time. But, okay, let's talk about pros and cons of doing this. One, you know. Knowing is half the battle. Didn't we learn that from G.I. Joe, right? The group rallies around that guy. That transforms itself into leadership and, uh, you know, summer player-run practices. PRP is run by that guy. You can brand around that guy, by the way, as you go into the season. Clear communication and understanding of which direction you're going and who you're going with. And you can tailor the playbook to that guy as well a little bit um, because, obviously, there are different skill sets with the three and four guys. Those are the pros. The cons, somebody might transfer um, that, you know, hey, if I'm the fourth guy in that, why would I stick around? If uh, you you know what I mean, but hopefully no one does. I'm just saying it's a reality of the situation, and it's uh, and perhaps the con is it's too early, and the competition needs more reps. Yep, it's hard to you know we've kind of couched this as a, a three man race. It might be a four man race with Soljay Mayava. We'll see, but it feels like a three man race. I yeah I I don't think BYU should because I don't think there will be enough reps to go around. It's 15 practices, 14 more. BYU is going to finish with a scrimmage of sorts. Um, yeah, I, I think you need to go into fall camp. Also, there needs to be kind of growth over the summer. And Zach Wilson had to win the job back, and they didn't name him the starter until they went into fall camp, right? Um, even last year. Like, last year, Zach Wilson didn't go into fall camp knowing he was the guy. That creates a sense of urgency and a sense of motivation. Ideally, you're motivated independently, but all of us need exterior motivation and for others to be near us and then you run a little faster, right, if you will, in this race. So I, I, I think there are pros and cons, but I think it's better to let it go into uh, the fall. If there were only two guys, maybe you can do it in the spring. Yes. And in the case of 2007 with Max Hall, it was he and Cade Cooper. 
And but Brendan Gaskins. It was a three-man. Brendan Gaskins, but I don't think Gaskins was ever legitimately in that race. I know that technically the coaches said he was, but it felt like Max Hall versus Cade Cooper. It had that feeling about it. And Cade Cooper was unproven like Max Hall. We're in a different scenario here because we have multiple quarterbacks that have started multiple games. Right, and and Max was the Jacob Conover in this situation. Exactly. So he had Jacob been Conover, on the team in practice. He had he was the incumbent. Yes. In terms of hey, I've been here. I know the playbook, and I torched the uh, defense the year before. If Jacob Conover and Soljay Mayava Peters were the only two quarterbacks in the room with a bunch of other young guys that are just entering, right. then. Obviously, that's the same scenario, right? Of Jacob Conover's probably the guy, but he's dealing with a couple of guys that have started and won games. So, albeit like two each, right? So it's still low volume in this whole conversation. That's what I think is interesting. Yeah, it feels like it feels like Baylor Romney won three games because of what he did against Utah State, but he didn't start that game. Yeah, and and he he saved the game. Yes, because BYU was ahead. Right, he was the so, relief quarterback in that instance. Yes, yeah, so he got a save. It might have actually just been a hold. I don't remember the margin at halftime, right? I don't think it's in BYU's best interest, not anywhere close to their best interest, to name a starting quarterback at the end of spring because you want to breed competition all summer long. It's going to make all of these quarterbacks better. And frankly, they're suited for it, particularly Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall. That's basically all they've known since they've come to BYU is quarterback competition. And I'll talk to Baylor Romney later on and ask him where he might feel he has an advantage against Jaron Hall, Jacob Conover, and Soljay Mayabha. I'll tell you where it is right now. Height. He's an inch taller. Look, right there. (laughs) 6'2". So I I want to see competition. And I don't want somebody, after if the coach has made a rash decision, to transfer away. I want all four quarterbacks in the mix. Yeah, I don't either. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's the reality of the situation. It is. If you're the fourth... And we saw that in 2007. You might be out. They named Max Hall the starter. See you later, Cade Cooper. And that was a great decision for him. It really was. Because he wasn't going to play behind Max. Max never missed a start. Not a single start. Can we get back to that trend at BYU of quarterbacks that don't miss starts? You know, Zach Wilson played an entire season. Can we have whoever the starting quarterback is in 2021 play the entire season? Don't play seven power fives. (laughs) Somebody going to get hurt. It's just the reality. I don't want it. Is it the nature of the game or is it the Power 5 competition? Lance Reynolds said it a long time ago. He said, listen, we're going to get banged up if we play a bunch of tough teams up front. And it's BYU's going to get banged up. Just I hope it's not in the form of an injured starting quarterback. BYU needs all four quarterbacks, breed competition. Don't do it until two oh, weeks. I thought you meant in the season. I was like, hopefully not. Don't name a starter until two weeks before the season. Yeah. And, and maybe it's one week into fall. Who knows? Okay, today the West Coast Conference will hand out its basketball awards. Those are based on conference play only. Don't get confused on that. Here now are our BYUS and WCC awards. Not a guess at what will happen, but what we are going to hand out. Okay, WCC Player of the Year. Corey Kispert. Yes, didn't best all-around player. Yeah, best all-around player. I, I think he wins it. You could argue for Drew Timmy here, but Kispert's sort of the, the senior who came back, and they're undefeated, and the leader, and the headband, and what. He's the best player in the league, WCC Player of the Year. It doesn't hurt that he is pacing to be a lottery pick in the NBA draft as well. Like he's his skill set. People forget how big he is. Like he's six seven and can defend on the perimeter. He can shoot it. He can get to the rim. He's physical. He's a great defender. Like he's the all around yep. player. So I think that's well deserved. Corey Kispert Player of the Year. It's like a like a shorter Doug McDermott that can move better. Yeah, but a better. Better Doug McDermott, I think. How dare you?
I'm just saying, <laughs> if Corey Kispert played at Creighton and didn't have four other five stars around this him. This is enough Corey Kispert conversation. Okay. Gonzaga Sports Nation. Again. Well, it's just going to get worse now because we're going with the <laughs> BYU Sports Nation all WCC team, and we have split this into first team and second team. The WCC does not yeah. do this. They just put well, 10 players out there. No, they do a second team as well, five okay. other dudes. But okay. it's like the 11 through 15. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're going first team is five players, yeah. second team is Which another is five players. typically what a basketball team is. Correct. Like on the court, you typically only have five players. So our first team and not surprisingly, the player of the year, Corey Gun- Kispert, Gonzaga is on Sports there. Nation. Let's go. Joining Drew Timmy and Jalen Suggs, three NBA no, guys no yeah. on the first team of all West Coast Conference basketball. Alex Barcelo of BYU has had a spectacular year. Heard of him. Okay. Shooting almost 50% from the three point line, averaging about 16 a game. And Eli Scott. Averaging almost 18 a game. LMU is a top 100 net team, Jerem. Even though BYU Good destroyed up Stan them, Johnson. Like, hey, that, that's they are the fourth highest rated team in the conference behind Gonzaga, BYU, and St. Mary. So Eli Scott, 17.7 points per game. Really good. Man, look at that. Hey, and he led the league in scoring. Again, conference-only numbers are what go into this. Sure, it's sure. Overall. Okay, second team for us. Colby Ross of Pepperdine. Kessler Edwards, uh, both those guys, uh, awesome. Smith and Edwards, Sir Plus Plus. Uh, Jamari Bouye, San Francisco, uh, who who was not as good as I thought they'd be this year. But mm-hmm. uh, y- Josip Vrankic, Vrankic from Santa Clara. And then uh, Joel Ayayi from Gonzaga. So four Zags in there. They deserve an undefeated regular season number one team. So, yeah, nobody from St. Mary's here. You we could have put Matt Harms in here, potentially. We could have put Tommy Cousy, maybe, potentially. But, uh, yeah, some, there's some good players in the league, for sure. And when you have the number one overall uh, team in the league, uh, you tend to have great players. And you tend to have a great coach. Our West Coast Conference Coach of the Year. And if anybody says otherwise, it's ridiculous. Because he just pulled off an undefeated WCC season in the midst of a global pandemic. They're number one. They're the only undefeated team in all of college basketball. It's Mark Few, clearly. He should win it every year. Like They should almost say, you win it. We're giving it to somebody else just because... We're bored with how awesome you are. Mark Pope, <laughs> in the Damon Stoudemire light, might be that guy like, oh, he did the most with well, what yeah. he had. The but coach of the year is typically the, we didn't expect much, and we got something way more award. That's what it typically so, is. So in that light. That's not the case with, yeah. Mark, Mark Pope deserves some incredible credit, and uh, he's, he's done an, just an unbelievable job. With they should get it sponsored by a credit card. Compiling this roster, this the Amex Coach of the Year. <laughs> yeah. He's got this array of talent yeah. from all over the place, transfers, and got them to work together. But it's Mark Few. This has been an, or this has been an historic season for Gonzaga. And that's saying something because they've had some unreal seasons. You know what we should have done is the, like, who underwhelmed award. We're like, St. Mary's. St. Mary's. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> WCC Defensive Player of the Year for us. This one's hard because who do you go with? Like, could be Suggs, could be Kispert, could be uh, Bouye for the most steals or something. You know, we we're we're going Homer pick here. We're going Matt Harms, yeah. defensive player of the year, most blocks. Uh, BYU, you know, one of the top defensive teams in the country, uh, coming in big there. Going to be a tourney team. So we went with the seven foot three yeah. Dutchman. He's the rim protector on one of the best defensive teams in the country. Yeah. So that kind of puts Matt Harms over the top, and, and he though, quantifies it with the actual block. Yeah. So right. Yeah. But how many other shots does he alter that don't 
qualify as blocks. And that- how many hearts does he impact? That's the real question, Spencer. <laughs> Stop yeah. it. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, he's the player of the year defensively for us. Okay. I don't know that he will be from the league. I'm, I, I'm guessing it'll be like Suggs, maybe. The way he guards and the way he steals the ball. He's top five in steals. But okay. We'll, we'll find out. The West Coast Conference newcomer of the year is Jalen Suggs. Yeah. Most obvious choice of all time. One and done. Gonzaga's first, no, second one and done that I can recall in recent history, along with... Uh, Dude that plays for Portland, Zach Collins. Collins. Yeah, yeah, Zach Collins. Okay, Call so Collins, Collinsworth. Yeah, but Jalen Suggs is Gonzaga's highest-rated recruit ever. Yeah, and he top three guy signed yeah. with them, and he's lived up to the hype. Listen to his stats. Basically, fourteen a game. This is league. You it's know. Kyle Collinsworth uh, stats. Sorry, this is overall, not league. Uh, fourteen a game, four and a half assists a game, five and a half rebounds, forty-four steals, fifty-one yeah. percent from the field. A little low on three pointers, thirty-three percent, but he does more than that. He's what? Eighteen years old? Nineteen years old? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I feel like the NBA can develop him. Did he go on his, a mission? Is he and 20 his three-point shot? He did not. Okay. <laughs> Jalen Suggs, the newcomer. The thing of the you year. need in the game. Or? If no? he if he were a sophomore, he might be the player of the year in the conference. If he didn't have Corey Kispert on his team, right? He in a regular situation, he might be a the player, <laughs> the player of, the of the year. Yeah. They're not, I mean, there aren't one and dones in this league. This isn't how it operates, right? Um, it's a lot of three and four year guys, but okay, yeah, there so you go. So th- this is what BYU potentially faces again if they can get to championship Tuesday at the West Coast Conference tournament. It's yeah, the forefront of our <laughs> all WCC team: four guys in the top ten players, three NBA guys on there, if not more in in the wings. We'll see. But this is that's an incredible, incredibly good. talented. Good group. for them. Good for Gonzaga. Great for you guys. And we anticipate that these uh, awards will be announced. uh, What, at the top of the hour, Ben? Right? Yeah. Coming out uh, here in a little bit. See how close we are. Our question. I I don't care how close we are. These are who we thought that should go out, right? Yeah. True. These are our awards. These are our awards. why we chose Matt Harms as a defensive player of the year. I don't don't care what uh, Mark Few voted for. Our question of the day, back to BYU spring football. Should the Cougars and their coaching staff name a starting quarterback by the end of spring football? Why or why not? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Mr. Underscore Notham on Twitter. I don't think they need to any more than you need to buy a car when you go to the dealership. Depends uh, why you went to the dealership. But if everything checks out, needs are met, and there is a clear leader, then I think Coach Roderick would benefit from knowing for months who he is building his scheme around. Hashtag BYUSN. And how much do you want that scheme to vary by guy because that quarterback's one play away? Like, obviously, you want a little bit of... Use the legs of Jaron Hall in your playbook, but like Baylor Romney, no, he's not going to run hardly at all. Although he is a better runner than you think. And then Jacob Conover, I'm not exactly sure what his uh, you know leg ability is, his runability. The wrinkles for each guy are certainly going to be differing from one to the other, but the scheme, I mean, BYU's offense should be essentially the same. Like that's that's the point. You know, you don't want it to be too different, as you said. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, coming up, what does women's hoops need to do in Vegas to get to the big dance? And ESPN's Roxy Bernstein joins us. Got a little surprise for Roxy after he threw us some love on uh, the ESPN broadcast. Plus, where he thinks BYU fits into the NCAA seating. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Join us tonight for the season finale of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg Rebell review the regular season, preview the West Coast Conference Tournament and Awards, and the last deep blue of the season features Wyatt Lowell tonight, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is our longtime friend, ESPN play-by-play specialist, Roxy Bernstein. Roxy, thanks for the love on Saturday night, man. That was awesome, repping BYU Sports it's Nation on the broadcast. It still there. It's still there. Come on. <laughs> we love it. And you know what? To show our gratitude for that, we thought we'd uh, return the favor with a, a T-shirt of our own. Okay, so here's our Roxy Bernstein special. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure those are flying right off the rack. <laughs> at the BYU They're store right now. Around the corner to get them. They're selling like hotcakes yeah. right now. Uh, available yeah. at the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere right now. $29.99. A steal, my friend. <laughs> hey, Roxy. i got to support my kids, get them through college somehow. Absolutely. Uh, you obviously had uh, an up-close uh, look at BYU basketball, calling the game against St. Mary's on Saturday night. What's your impression of this team right now? Well, as up-close as I can get from about, what, 600 miles away? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, I-, I was impressed. Like, like The first half wasn't pretty by any semblance. It was a grind, physical battle in the first half. Um, but in the second half, you knew at some point BYU was going to find a rhythm offensively. And you just wondered if St. Mary's had enough firepower, and, and they didn't to, to keep up with BYU. This is a different St. Mary's team than we've seen in years past. And I think it's a different BYU team, to be honest with you. I, I like the way this team, the makeup of this Cougars team, I think they're smart, they're tough. This is the type of team, at least my perception, guys, is the way Mark Pope wants to play. And this team is really finding a, a good stride here toward the WCC tournament. We thought they'd be good to decent, right? You know, decent to good. But all of a sudden, BYU's back in the tourney, probably going to be a single-digit seed. This is pretty gnarly considering who BYU lost last year and how the season went. So what's been the most impressive thing about what BYU's done this year to you? Well, how do you replace a Yoli Childs and a TJ Hawes? And I think that's the the chore for Mark Pope, the way Alex Barcelo's game is raised to another level from a year ago and how good he's been all year. Um, certainly when you get a seven foot three transfer to drop in the middle, like Matt Harms, it helps, but the role players have stepped up and the depth is the other thing that I've noticed with this BYU team. This is a team that you guys see it. It's what nine, 10 players deep that Mark Pope could go deep into his bench on a given night and get contributions from anybody He's tweaked the lineup here down the stretch. Guys like Caleb Lohner have stepped up and, and have kind of progressed their game as the season has gone on. This is a, a balanced team. It's going to be a very difficult matchup when you get to the NCAA tournament just because of the way they play. And they can be multiple. They don't have to beat you in just one specific area. They can do it in a number of ways, and that will make it challenging for whoever they go up against. ESPN's Roxy Bernstein on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars have featured seven different leading scorers in the last eight games, going along with what you're just talking about. They are just so versatile. So, Roxy, where do the Cougars, with their resume and their unique roster, deserve to be seeded, assuming they get to Championship Tuesday and beat Pepperdine or whoever on Monday and face Gonzaga and probably lose again? (laughs) I'd say, look, Joe Lenardi, what, the latest had him as a seven? I, I think they're in the six, seven area is probably right. You go with the net rankings, and they have a decent net ranking. 
But in that six, seven area, as long as they do what they're supposed to do, as you alluded to, okay, you beat Pepperdine, you get to the championship game, and you can have a strong showing against Gonzaga. Can you move up to a five? I think it'll be a challenge to get up that high. It wouldn't surprise me. And let's see what happens all across the other tournaments. And we've got some interesting games coming up, even like, for example, tonight, Duke, Georgia Tech, and Duke trying to fight their way back into the field and make themselves a relevant team. There's going to be bids to be won, bids to be lost. And this is a, a, a strong league when you look at Gonzaga, the number one overall national seed, and then BYU right behind him probably as a six or a seven. Now, contractually, it makes sense why Gonzaga would show up to Las Vegas. But realistically, it still feels weird to me that the Zags would go to that tournament, given that you have to have seven negative tests going into Indy, they're the number one overall team in the country. I still think it's a little weird. I don't know how you feel about it, though. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I subscribe, Jerem, to the, the Jake Billis theory in terms of Uh-oh. if you've opted in and it's on the schedule, you got to play it, hmm. right? Where, you know, if you opted out, that's one thing. Or if, you're, if your conference decided not to hold a conference tournament, that's another thing. But it's not fair if you all of a sudden decide, you know what, hey, Wilk, we're going to be a number one seed anyways, and we're going to be the number one overall national seed, and eh, it's not worth our trouble going to Vegas. Because then you could be being – your league could end up being a bit stealer. What if Pepperdine were all of a sudden to win the WCC tournament or, you know, St. Mary's or whoever LMU comes up and shocks everybody? This is a, a, a conference, regardless of what happens in Vegas, it's getting two teams in. We know that. And the possibility of a third would steal a bit from somebody else. I really believe that if you've opted into play and you've chosen to go through with this season, you should honor that commitment and play in your conference tournament. Roxy, similar to last year, Gonzaga is going to be a number one seed, albeit they're going to be the number one overall seed this year. And BYU is pacing for a six or a seven seed, which is basically on par with where the Cougars were headed when things got shut down last year after losing to St. Mary's in the semifinals. So given that, is this year's BYU team on par with last year's BYU team? I guess in some ways, Spencer, you could say that. I I almost think this team is better. Now, last last year's team may have had – more talent and firepower with, with Yoli and with Oz, right? And Zach Selyus, when he get hot, could shoot the basketball. But I think the way this team is constructed, year two under Mark Pope, this group really, t- I think, has taken on the personality of Mark and what he wants from this team, where they really defend. They're physical. They get after you. They have an interior presence defensively. I, I think that this is a better defensive team. Look, the talent level, and you throw in Toulson last year, the talent level was probably better on last year's squad. But I think the way the parts fit this year, this group could be better. And it's an interesting conversation that we've been having, too, because we're like, ah, oh, it's last year. And I, I think the difference from last year to this year, and it's interesting, like you talked about, is there's a top five win sitting there for last year's team that BYU doesn't have this year. Maybe that gives them the edge a little bit, but the fact that BYU is even in the same conversation this year is really interesting. Okay, I want to move on to the WCC Awards. Those are going to come out potentially in about 30 minutes or so. We, we, named, uh, the, we gave the BYUSN WCC Awards. <laughs> Corey Kispert's Player of the Year to us. Is he the Player of the Year in the league to you? Yeah, I think he has to. 
Um, look, if you wanted to go Suggs, all right. If you wanted to go Timmy, okay. <laughs> but Kisper's probably the best player on the best team. I think you got to give it to him just in the four-year achievement, right? The, the distinguished career on top of being the leader of that Gonzaga team. So, yeah, I, I agree with you guys, Kisper. We have Alex Barcelo and Eli Scott in our top five as well. Are those fair picks in your mind? Yes, I do think those are fair. I got to think that Colby Ross you can put in your top five as well. And if you're going a, a fifth person to put in, maybe you go back to somebody from Gonzaga. Maybe Southern we just do a we just do a non-Gonzaga WCC. <laughs> like okay. all of you are for all like the be- the worst guy on the bench. He's all league, whatever. It's everybody. We should do that. That'd be funny. Yeah. All right. So you got if you're going the non-Gonzaga five, Colby Ross. Okay. Um, Barcelo. Barcelo. Now, are we going by a specific position? Jamar- no, 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 no. 2021 positions don't matter, right? Jamari Bouye? Yeah, positionless basketball. All right. Ross Barcelo. I'm a big <laughs> Kessler. Yeah. I, I, like, yeah. I like his game. Um, as I look around the league, nobody from St. Mary's really yeah. Uh, yeah. It stands out to me. Um, LMU's just been too inconsistent. I mean, other than Eli Scott, so I'll put Eli on there. So Eli, Barcelo, I got to put Matt Harms on there. Okay. I mean, with the impact that he's had for this team, the way he's come in, um, averaging double figures in points and leads the league in block shots. And I got to find one more, huh? Jamari Bouye, maybe? I was thinking Bouye. That, that's a possibility. I'm just kind of go through the rosters. Nobody on San Diego. Pacific, no. Um, Maybe Vrankic. Santa Clara. Mm, it's a toss-up. Vrankic or Bouye. I'm, okay. I'm with you. I, I, I could be swayed either way. Okay, there are your top five non-Gonzaga West Coast Conference That's what, players. We're going to start doing that every year. We're like, every no year. Gonzaga. Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't we do something like this last year on the show when we were all in Vegas at, at the tournament together? Probably. <laughs> Hey, we probably That's went a, down that path. It's been a long year, bro. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Hey, Roxy. It's, it's technically still not a year yet, right? Because everything shut down. March 12th. What, March 12th a year ago, so yes. we're getting there. Yeah, 10 years in one year. It was great. Ten, ten more days. Yeah. Ten more days. It's great to catch up with you, man. Uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for all the games you're going to be calling coming up and for your San Jose Sharks. Oh, they need it. They need some <laughs> karma. All right, Roxy. Good to talk to you, man. Next year, Vegas. Let's do it. Let's go. Roxy Bernstein on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, Baylor Romney on how he's approaching the quarterback competition. And does a healthy Jaron Hall have an edge in this quarterback competition? We'll discuss in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. Is it based on just that highlight? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Join us on BYU TV for coverage of the West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament. Watch as we televise seven games between Thursday and Monday on the women's side, as well as, hey, Spencer Linton from Lost Wages. Stay on BYU Sports Nation. Coverage begins Thursday. First game at 3 Eastern, and it should be fun again. We're going to have studio coverage from here. You'll be down with uh, Kristen, Dave, Blaine, and our crew down in Vegas. So it's going to be fun, man. Uh, At least we have the tournament. That's good. Yes. That place can have others' wages, but not mine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Here's Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Before we whip it, 
It's time for Jerem Jordan to spin the wheel of consequence once again. I'll put my shoulder to this. Let's go. And a note, if it lands on something that Jerem has done before, which is likely because he's done pretty much everything, he will have to no, wear this yeah. Brad Waldo mouthpiece for the entire segment. All right, Jerem, what's it going to be? Third person, which you have done before, so put the mouthpiece in. <laughs> Did I sanitize this since I threw it on the ground last week? I can't remember. Right, let's, go. let's whip it. <laughs> Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Take it away, Waldo. You're not going to be able to hear me. <laughs> You're in Hall, told the media, and he didn't play baseball this year to focus on getting fully healthy. Does a healthy Jaron Hall have an advantage in the quarterback competition? Does a healthy Jaron Hall have an advantage in the quarterback competition? That's a great question. Yes, because he's the best overall athlete, which is why I think you and I both are leaning towards him being the guy, assuming he can stay healthy all the way through fall. He just he is super athletic, super dynamic with his feet, strong arm, and he's all in on football. Maybe that gives him the edge. You want to yeah. add it? You want to add anything to that? Yes. <laughs> All right, Jerem, how much do you read into non-padded football highlights like the ones we watched off the top of the show? I like to read. Uh, no, zero. <laughs> That's so hard to do. That's it. <laughs> I, uh, on day one of spring practice, I don't read a ton into the, the padded football, or the non-padded football highlights. Okay. Uh, here is today's BYU Hoops resume update. You want to run down the numbers, Jim? No, I don't. <laughs> the net, I don't want to. BYU is up one to number 19, holding strong at 22 in Ken Palm. 29 in the basketball power index. KPI, the Cougars are at number eight. What? Strength record 19, Sagarin 24. Jeremy, I'm just going to ask this question based on those numbers. You know, Lenardi has him as a seven. Team rankings has him maybe as a six seed. What's more likely for BYU in the NCAA tournament, a six seed or an eight seed? Eight. Really? You think it's an eight seed, given what BYU's doing? Even if they even if they destroy Pepperdine and play pretty well against Gonzaga, you still think it's more likely than one, an eight seed? One seed. <laughs> okay. Uh, for me right now, yeah, unfortunately I'm with you. I think it's more likely that BYU is... Even if they beat Pepperdine, because the committee is the committee, and this is what happens to BYU typically drop a couple of lines or a line, I hope it's they're a seven seed, but it's more likely they're an eight seed than a six. Okay. Is BYU women's basketball, who are, according to Charlie Cream of ESPN, the first team out in his bracketology in a must-win situation in Monday's semifinal game? Oh. Clearly. <laughs> they have to win. Would you like to elaborate for 10 more minutes on that, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, BYU's got to win. It's it's unfortunately a scenario where they lost San Francisco. They're probably going to have to beat San Francisco in that semifinal to uh, put themselves back maybe in the mm-hmm. tournament. They might have to win. Gun- they have to beat Gonzaga. Yeah. All right. Coming up, mm-hmm. okay. That was the, the top plays of the regular season. That's fun. The top five. Yeah. Okay. And Baylor Romney, one on one with one of those BYU quarterback starting hopefuls, where he feels like he has an advantage against the other guys. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation, right now, Kiki Solano talks about three bounce backs, two new helmets, and one epic comeback. Watch it on the BYU Sense social media platform. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. Yesterday, BYU, of course, opening spring football practices and the biggest storyline because it's BYU, is who will win the quarterback position. I spoke with one of those guys battling for the starting position last night after practice, Baylor Romney, on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Baylor, how would you summarize day one of spring football in 2021? It was fast. Um, We've been in the offense for three, four years now. A lot of guys know what they're doing. Um, so we were just hitting it, and it was fun just to get out there and compete right away instead of having to focus on learning plays. Um, so fast is how I would describe it. What did you do today without <laughs> divulging all of the secrets and details? <laughs> we practiced football, man. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to tell you there. Uh, no, it was just competing. Uh, I mean, a lot of competing against the defense and one-on-ones, a lot of competing in skelly drills and even team crossover, even though we were just in helmets. Um, and, you know, that's really what this program is about. It's just about competing. Which helmets were you in? The whites or the new Royal Blues or the new Navies? Just, just the whites today. Hopefully the Royals tomorrow and the Navies Wednesday, but just the whites today. How do you feel about the new uniform combinations? What was your reaction when those uh, those came into the, the team room with, with Jaron and Tyler uh, with those on? Yeah, I mean, it – they're awesome. And it was hard to keep it a secret for a couple of weeks. We had a, we had the photo shoot that they released all that stuff today, a couple of weeks ago. And it was hard to keep it a secret. Cause you know, those things really pull a lot of uniform combinations together for us. And we're going to be looking good next year is all I'm saying. I feel like there's a real uh, solid core of the idea of look good, feel good, play good. Are you, are you in on that? Like when, when you are swagged at, do you feel like you play better? Yeah, I mean, I try, I try to look as, as simple as possible, but um, there's something to it. I mean, when you're feeling good, when you when you feel that you look good, you, you're definitely going to perform at a higher level. Uh, Baylor, before we get into the quarterback competition, I do need to ask you about the BYU Sports Nation power couple conversation. I don't know if you're aware <laughs> of it, but you and your wife on the Valentine's Day or close to were voted as one of our top five power couples. What would you think of that honor? Uh, uh, it's the first time hearing of it, but uh, I mean, that's you know, that's pretty um, pretty cool to even be mentioned in that category. Obviously, she's carrying her side of things more than I am, but um, yeah, at <laughs> least is awesome. Look at you scoring points with your wife. Well done, Baylor Romney is on BYU Sports Nation. Day one of spring football in the books, and your head coach Kalani Satake has been very public about the competition for starting quarterback, saying that it is very much open. What's the dynamic in the quarterback's room like right now? Um, competitive. I mean, that's all I can say about it is we've been working together for, you know, a couple of years, Jake being the newest one. But, I mean, we, we're all friends in the, in the room, but we know that when we get on the field, it's time to compete. It's time to show what we can do. Um, and, I mean, I, I'm used to competition. That's just how it's been ever since I've been here. And I, I love the dynamic that we have right now. Um, and I, I love how competition brings the best out of each one of us. It does feel like you have an advantage in that regard because you have lived in that 
competition mindset for a couple of years, like you said, and have been working with Coach Roderick in this same system, thus the fast uh, fast practice today. You're comfortable in the offense. Um, do you see it as an advantage that uh, that you've been doing this for a few years now? Yeah, definitely. And just like you mentioned, I've, I've been competing ever since I got here. Even in high school, I had to compete for a starting job in high school, and it's just what I'm used to. Uh, I do feel like I have an edge in that sense just because I'm used to you know, competing for a job. Baylor, there are a lot of people that feel pretty good about you being the guy for BYU football based on what you have done on your resume. You've started games. You've won games. What would BYU fans get if Baylor Romney is the starting quarterback day one when you when you open up the season against Arizona? I mean, right now I'm feeling the best physically that I've felt since I've been at BYU, but also mentally. Um, I feel very confident in the system right now, and you know that goes with years of competing for a starting job, but also years of learning the system. Um, so I'll be ready physically and mentally uh, going into this year and game one against Arizona. What did you learn from Zach Wilson last year in his catapult year, if we, for lack of a better phrase, just watching him take that next step? What did you learn from him? Yeah, really just uh, taking um, taking advantage of an opportunity. He, I mean, none of us knew what was going to happen before the season. Um, people could have been bummed out about our schedule. We were going to play this, you know, really tough schedule against all these Power Five schools, and then you know to adjust to what we had. Um, and he really took advantage of that. I feel like, and you know, just um, learning from him to take advantage of every day is um, something that I saw that he did. I love to hear from quarterbacks about how they would explain themselves to someone that has never seen them play. So I, I want to do that with you here, Baylor, uh, because yeah. I can offer my opinion. You know, I mean, you're the, to me, you're the guy that could go skydiving and you would be unfazed. You're like, yeah, yeah. whatever. Even if the parachute didn't open, you're like, don't worry. The reserve chute's going to open. It's all good. <laughs> I, I got this. Um, you're very calm and collected under pressure. How would you explain yourself to someone that hasn't seen you? Yeah, exactly. And I do pride myself on being poised in, in whatever situation I'm in uh, to have a calm demeanor no matter what. Um, but to describe myself as a quarterback, I feel that I'm someone that's smart with the ball and that's going to get the ball to playmakers on time um, and just allow them to do their thing. And you know, that's really it for me, just get the ball to people that are going to make plays. One of those players is your brother, Gunner, who had a nice season, unfortunately had uh, an injury late in the season that kind of slowed him down a little bit. But a solid core of receivers return for BYU football with your brother uh, in spite of losing Dax Milne. What's your relationship like with Gunner and those guys in the receivers room? Yeah, hardworking. All the guys in there worked extremely hard up to this point, um, you know, in the offseason up to spring ball. Um, and, again, competing in there, a lot of guys are – you know, could play next year, and they're competing for you know a chance to be on the field. Okay, let's talk about the the guys again in the quarterbacks room with you. Uh, what have you seen from Jaron Hall specifically that makes you feel like he's gonna he's gonna push it? And he's gonna be significant comp- uh, significant competition rather. I mean, it's been competition with him since the day he got here, and I love that. We're good friends off the field, um, golf together occasionally, uh, but it's always competitive with him, and we know that we push each other, but we maintain a professional relationship while we do it. Who's the better golfer? Now, you, now you've opened up another door. Depends on the day. I'm going to be honest. He gets <laughs> Sometimes I get him sometimes, but he's pretty good, though. I'm not going to lie. 
Right on. Go figure. Quarterbacks that can play golf. It just comes with the territory. <laughs> yep. Jacob Conover is a guy that uh, received a lot of praise coming out of high school, another Arizona guy, but he is still the new guy, ran the scout team last year. Um, what, what type of quarterback is he, and uh, what have you seen from him early on, again, that's going to help push you and, and others to be better? Yeah, he, he accomplished a lot of great things in high school, and even since he's been here at BYU, he's developed a ton. He's uh, grown pretty comfortable in the system in the short time that he's been here. Um, and again, just the guys like that are always competitive, always looking to uh, push others, push others' teammates in their position group to be better, and that's just who he is. He's a competitor, and you know that's how we all are in that room is we want to be the guy, and that's just how it is. Baylor, are you ready to handle the next uh, number of months with every day something about the BYU quarterback battle? Because I, I feel like it would just get super boring or super uh, yeah. tiresome hearing about it every day. So how, how do you handle that with all the media stuff yeah. around you? I stay away from it, man. I stay off social media. <laughs> I don't mess around with that stuff. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, whether positive or negative, I really just try and stay away from it because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anyone else says besides your teammates and your coaches. And that's really what it comes down to. What are your coaches telling you right now? Aaron Roderick and Kalani Satake. Yeah, that's in that a competition. <laughs> that is a different competition, man. That's what they're saying. And I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Just everyone competing, everyone pushing each other to get better every day. And that's just that's how I want it. I love it. Uh, not surprisingly, here we are. You're taking the hard questions, unfazed, poised, cool, collected. You you did it, man. Dago on a spring football in the books. You survived the annoying interview with me. Congratulations. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks, Spencer. <laughs> Thanks, Baylor. <laughs> Baylor Romney on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. And he had to tape it because he actually made a, uh, a semi-run down to Phoenix and back. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a busy guy uh, with that truck driver side gig. He's got, No, he looks like he's driving truck. The more we talk about him <laughs> not being the starting quarterback, I feel like just drives him more. Which oh, Baylor going, Romney's definitely going to be the second string quarterback. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, he very well could be the starter. He could. Uh, it's it's I, I don't I don't want to doubt him because I feel like it's just going to fuel him like and he'll be the guy we say he's not and he'll, so, and he'll so, be the guy so if he's de- oh interesting I don't think that Baylor Romney could be the starter then that's crazy <laughs> coming up Mormon colonies let's go a rise and shout out to a big BYU fan who's going to crush his next challenge and the top five regular season plays from the BYU basketball season this is BYU Sports Nation this segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Fresh Lenardi Bracketology, BYU a seven seed, last seven at number 28. All right. Google BYU Sports Station podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta. Before we go down to Vegas for the WCC tournament, we're reliving the Top 5 regular season plays. Number 5, February 27th, BYU hosting uh, St. Mary's. Uh, yeah, that was Saturday. Matt Harms blocks Tommy Cousy on one end. Alex Marcello gets the rebound, finds Trevenel for a three. On the other end, part of a five-block night for Matt Harms ties a career high. One of Trevenel's four threes, BYU wins 65-51. I love this sequence. Block the shot, shoot the three, and 2,000 fans go crazy, or however many were there. Number four. 
tied at 61 with just a minute remaining. BYU at Utah State. Monumental game for BYU's resume. Connor Harding makes a huge three on the assist from Caleb Lohner. BYU wins by three at the Spectrum in Logan. Number three, February 18th at Pacific. Caleb Lohner comes up with a steal, gives it to Brandon Averett, and then lobs it back for the alley-oop hammer before the end of the first half. It was a big night for Lohner. He had 19 career-high five threes. The flush. BYU won 80-52. And with just under a minute left, Alex Barcelo against San Francisco also last week from Connor Harding, his seventh three-pointer of the night with no misses. Seven for seven from three. BYU record. The Cougars take a 10-point lead with under a minute to play. He had 29 points a career high. On the top play of the regular season, December 18th at San Diego State, under a minute left. BYU by one. Brandon Avery gets the handoff from A.B. and shoots the three and seals the win. BYU ends up winning by 10. That's BYU's best win by net ranking. San Diego State, 26 right now. Our question of the day for BYU football is on the mind. Should the Cougars name a starting quarterback by the end of spring ball? Why or why not? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Brian Buss on Twitter. Unless someone just jumps way out in front of the others, then no. Competition is good and will keep everyone engaged and working to prove themselves. I want that over the summer. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Goes out to our guy Noah Reeb, who is nine years old. He found out he has a brain tumor. He's going into surgery soon. We are with you, Noah. Cougar Nation is with you as you go through this. And uh, I've talked to football and basketball teams. They are with you as well. Yeah. Uh, going into brain surgery, so best of luck. Look at him all swagged out in his BYU stuff. He's got the hat, the hoodie. He's even got the small helmet going in. So, uh, Noah, we're with you, man. You're a stud. You're incredibly courageous to go through something that is uh, obviously going to be pretty scary. But, Noah, take that BYU Sports Nation karma, man. You can do this. We love you, pal. That uh, wraps up uh, today's show. Thanks to our today's guests, uh, Roxy Bernstein and Baylor Romney. Sorry to Dennis Bennett, ran out of time. Conversation continues on the interweb. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Kurt Gunther. See you tonight on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs! <laughs>